Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The following is a content warning. This episode contains mention of death and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. In the late afternoon on August 30th, 2019, in an otherwise sunny and pristine day, a body was found floating in Green Lake, a popular recreational and park area in northern Seattle. When police arrived, they pulled the woman's body from the water. It was 23-year-old Autumn Lee Stone. She had a vest zipped up to her neck. Underneath the vest, shoelaces were tied around her neck like she had been strangled. She was fully clothed, but her shoes were missing. At the time, first responders thought it looked suspicious. When detectives arrived, they quickly started telling the public it was likely a suicide, and in just a few weeks, her case was closed. Immediately, friends and family didn't buy it. Questions began to formulate. How do you kill yourself with shoelaces? How did her body get into the lake? Why was she at Green Lake in the first place? The questions mounted. The police initially remained adamant that there was no indication of defensive wounds or foul play. But then, in 2020, the Seattle Police Department suddenly reopened Autumn's case. It's been almost four years since Autumn died, and the family is still waiting for answers and justice. This is the death of Autumn Stone. All of a sudden she goes, I have to tell you something and I can't tell anybody else and I can't tell my family because I've already upset them enough, but I have to tell you. And I was like, okay. She said, I am going to get answers today. And she stressed the word today. I said, what do you mean? She said, I am going to get answers today. I need to know why he hurt our precious, perfect little baby. I need to know what made him act as such and and hurt our little baby. He was our baby. He's perfectly, like, he was perfect. What did, what made him? She said, I have to know. 
I have to know right now. When I first started researching the death of Autumn Stone, one of the first images I came across was a photo of her in a wedding dress, smiling, beaming as a bride-to-be. Her smile looked like it lit up any room she entered, and even from photos, you sensed she radiated an infectious warmth. In every picture I could find of Autumn, she was smiling and often surrounded by her family or clutching her young children. She was young and full of life. Everyone I talked to for the series who knew Autumn told me she was happy, well-liked, funny, hardworking, and adored and loved by everyone she knew. Here's her older sister Janine, her father James, and stepmom Amy on Autumn. She was the sweetest person you'd ever meet. She would bend over backwards for anybody. She was very selfless and kind and just had the biggest heart. She was an amazing person. She was one of my best friends. She always kind of looked up to me and bugged me a little, you know, when I was younger and I didn't quite understand. She was always on my tail. She was attached to my hip all the time. And sometimes I was like, I just want to be involved. (laughs) We were um, five years apart. So... Sometimes I was, I wanted to be an angsty teen who wanted to be left alone and she wanted to be right next to me doing exactly what I was doing. She'd steal my clothes, you know, typical sister stuff. We had a lot of fun though. Even, even in the little bicker moments, we, we still got along really well. She was a happy, I would almost say bubbly, but, um, person who cared about everyone else before herself and the thing that mattered the most to her in her world was her boys would you have to say anything um she was going to be the best mom ever and she was going to prove to everybody that she was the best mom in the whole world and she would have bubble wrapped the earth if she could, to keep those boys safe. Loved her children, loved her family. She always wanted everybody to be happy and at peace. That was very important to her. And she always wanted everybody to get along. In 2018, Autumn worked at Nordstrom Cafe. Also working there was a coworker and friend named Kimberly. Kimberly saw Autumn as a young, hard-working woman who was determined and striving for success. The two also discovered they had some stuff in common, and a bond soon formed. She was the type of person that showed determination. Like she was really, she she was really driven to learn new things, and she wanted to succeed in whatever she was doing. And she was a young mom, and she was making a life for herself, and she had a new relationship going and she just you know she was a ray of sunshine in the kitchen um after a couple of weeks of her working in the dish pit she started out as this like I want I don't want to say timid girl but kind of like a timid girl and then within three weeks she like sort of became a badass bitch and she started to like 
tell people how she wanted her area organized and this is how I do it. So this is how I expect you to set it up for me kind of thing. And so she went from apologizing for literally nothing all the time to telling people how to do it. So I always, I mean, I love success like that. I love watching people grow like that. So I always thought that was really cool. And then she decided she wanted to learn how to cook and come on the line. And so I was one of the cooks that was training her. And we just became, like, really, really quick friends. Um, She was around the same age as my oldest son. And um, she had a young son. She had her first son when she was young. And I was 20 when I had my first son. So we talked about that a lot. Oh, we also have... um, people in common that she grew up with that were family friends of mine from when I was growing up. So it was kind of one of those two worlds meeting one situations. So I think that's another reason because that we were so close because um, that family that we were both um, friends with was just the kind of open arm, loving family, no judgment. And so I think both of us immediately felt comfortable talking with each other because you know you wouldn't be friends with them if you were a different way so she um she just came across as this this young woman that was making her way in the world and she was determined to make a life for her and her son and she was determined to succeed in everything she had planned and she was just a ball of fun energy She was also head over heels in a new relationship with a coworker named Tyler Washington. At first, Kimberly says the two were in love and were embracing the bliss period that comes with any new relationship. Their relationship was like baby brand new. And when I say baby brand new, I mean maybe a couple of months um, when Autumn and I really started to talk and become close. So I want to say they were together for about three or four months when... Autumn and I started becoming really close. So I know she started, she started working at the cafe real quickly after they started dating. I want to say within weeks. So they were cute, disgustingly cute, holding hands. Um, They were silly with each other, you know, and it was cute because when they worked the same shift, it wasn't like they would hang all over each other. But every now and again, you know, he'd walk by and kiss her cheek or gross, disgusting cuteness. Like, you know, it was and um, it was just they were so in love. They were so in love with each other. And it it was really it was cute because she just I think I think think, and I actually hate saying this, and I've said this before, but I think being in that relationship with Tyler helped her grow a lot of confidence within herself. And I really hate that it was him that did that for her, possibly. (laughs) I don't know if I can give it 100%, but um, I'm, I'm glad I got to see that happen. And so, like, in watching their relationship grow, I also got to watch her grow. So there were really no red flags at that point in time 
for us to, for me to even like think about. And it was just like, they were cute and in love and that was them. It wasn't long into Autumn's relationship with Tyler that Autumn dropped a couple of big pieces of news to Kimberly. She and Tyler were trying to have a baby and they were going to get married the following summer. Kimberly, who at the time was also leaving Nordstrom and planning a move out of state to Montana, says Autumn, for the most part, seemed happy. So she told me about a week before I left Nordstrom in April that her and Tyler were talking about trying to have a baby. And I was like, okay, don't, please. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? It's not my last. Like, at first, my first initial thought was, please don't. But then, because the, the, the relationship was so new, so new. She did tell me that they were talking about trying. And then after I moved to Montana, <clears throat> she called me. It was like early November. And she told me that they were expecting and they were super excited. And it was another little boy. And, you know, they were, they were thrilled. They were so happy. And it was everything she wanted to happen. And they talked about getting married. They were making plans to get married and everything just, everything seemed to be almost too perfect, but she was so happy. Her happiness was so contagious. Like when she would, she would be that friend. If you were in a situation that you're not supposed to laugh, she would be the friend that makes you laugh because she's laughing. And her laughter is so contagious. So there would be, like, dumb things that happen in the kitchen. And, like, it would be tense for a minute. And then all of a sudden you hear Autumn just giggling. And then, like, within a few seconds, everybody else is laughing too. So it was like she just had a way to lift everybody's spirits and, like, lift a room from being tense and negative. And it was, I don't know, I loved that about her. Autumn's second child was born in the summer of 2019. But what was supposed to be an exciting and joyful time in Autumn's life abruptly shifted to something darker. On August 21st, Autumn stepped out to get some food. She was exhausted and hungry from caring for her baby and left the sleeping baby with her fiancé and grandparents. But when she returned, less than 20 minutes later, the baby was limp and struggling to breathe. They rushed the infant to the hospital, where doctors diagnosed the child with a traumatic brain injury and broken ribs. Here's Autumn's mother, Charisty. So, like, there, I have pictures of the baby when he was still in the hospital, literally um, a couple days before she died. You know, like, he's got all of these feeding tubes in his nose. He's got wires and harnesses, uh, like, all this stuff attached to him, all of these... Uh, um, little monitors, you know, and, you know, he's got these wires in his face and all this, all this stuff, you know, and it's like the day after Autumn died, there's this picture of him and he just has one little tube left, just one little eating tube going in his nose. And it's like, even his health, like everything about him just looked better. And I want to say in, in my beliefs that... It's part of part of that is that Autumn was finally able to go in there and see him, because being a 
one of the parents, she she didn't have the option to go visit him in the hospital. So that was very hard. You know, I mean, like my dad and, and Val and myself, like we all went down and took the lie detector test. And as far as I know, Autumn did too. But with her being a parent, she, she, would, she didn't have the the ability to go and see him in the hospital. Most of us did, so we were able to take pictures and stuff like that and share. And she she could call and talk to the nurses and, you know, get updates that way and see how he was doing and if there was any improvements on his health. And, you know, because like I said, he coded four times. We, we almost lost him. Medical staff became suspicious as they did not believe the injuries could have happened accidentally. Child welfare workers then explained to Autumn that they were taking the baby away from her pending an investigation. Then it was revealed to Autumn that her fiance's past was a contributing factor in the decision. I did not know Tyler very well. The first time I met him, we were going out for Autumn's 21st birthday. He seemed nice, he seemed funny. Um, I never, I, I, I got to know him kind of while they were dating. Um, <clears throat> like I said, Autumn and I were close, but when she, when she loves, she loves hard and she loved her babies. And as when she had her baby, she wasn't very social anymore. She didn't really go out. So it was us hanging out as family, either at her house or at mine, whenever the timing worked out and when she's in her, when she was in a relationship, it was, they were her focus too. So she spent a lot of time with Tyler. They lived together. They, that they were always together. Um, I never saw any, any arguments. Um, she did tell me that they used to argue about money a lot, but that's, pretty typical when you, you know, you live with someone for the first time. I mean, not the first time she lived with her first love, Jacob, they lived together, but same thing. They argue about money. You know, that's, you live with someone you're, and you're young and you're figuring things out. You're going to argue about money. So I didn't see that as a flag. <clears throat> the only thing she ever told me that they argued about, she's like, sometimes we argue about money. And that was kind of a lot coming from her. She wouldn't always share her burdens because she felt they were hers to deal with. But at the same time, she she didn't, I don't know, she didn't stress out too much about stuff like that because she was, she's a fixer. She was always being helpful and fixing problems and always happy, always looking at the positive side, always looking at the silver lining. If if you were ever in a bad mood, she'd get you right out of it. And I never got, I never got anything from him in a negative manner. So I don't know, finding out about his history just blew my mind because I had no idea. According to several local newspapers, in 2013, Tyler Washington, 18 at the time, was arrested after his five-week-year-old baby girl was found in serious condition with a skull fracture, bleeding, and swelling of the brain, as well as fractured ribs. 
In September 2014, Tyler was sentenced to five years for assault on a child. The judge who presided over the case was told the infant had permanent brain damage that impacted the mobility of her leg and arm on the left side of her body. The child also suffered from seizures, which will likely have lifelong impacts. Judge Linda Kreese called the abuse appalling. Tyler told the police he had just snapped and was battling anger issues. Ultimately, Tyler only served two years of his sentence and was released. Autumn's family was shocked and devastated when they found out about this information. So when we found out about his daughter, right, it was, I'm going to say this is after he was in the hospital, in Children's Hospital, for more than a week. We had a family meeting at a CPS office in Everett, okay? At the Department of Social and Health Services, we had a family meeting. So there was Jamie and Amy, there was myself, there was Autumn, there was Tyler, um, there was my dad, and there was Val. And <clears throat> so we're all sitting around this table, and this lady starts talking to us, and um, she basically, you know, blurts out, so, you know... Does anybody know about, you know, Tyler's past? And there's all this shit written on this, this this whiteboard or whatever. And we're all just flabbergasted. We None of us knew that he had another child because, and honestly, I know for a fact that he hid this information from us because obviously I wouldn't want him to be anywhere near my daughter. <laughs> you know, like I, he, Tyler is so good at faking people out. I mean, like, I never, I never had any doubts about him. Like, I was, I literally had helped pay for their wedding. They were supposed to be getting married on September 7th. You know, they had their, their place picked out already. They, you know, like, her wedding dress, like, all this stuff. And if I knew anything at all that he was this kind of man, I wouldn't be helping out and, you know, calling him my son. And, you know, like, it's. It's devastating to have somebody be so, I don't know, two, two-faced, double-sided, um, evil. I don't, I don't even know the right words, you know, but so, like I said, on this whiteboard, there's all this information, you know, and basically she runs through this, this, you know, this knowledge of how he had went to prison for doing the same thing to his daughter and, you know, how he... He has restraining orders. He can't go and see her. You know, he can't go see the daughter, you know. And, you know, but no, nobody knew. Autumn didn't know. We were floored, you know. We leave this family meeting. We go back to my dad's house. And Tyler had, he literally packed his shit because we said, you have to get, excuse my language, you have to get the fuck out of here now. You, you no longer can be here. We took his house key. He didn't have a ride. We didn't really care. You know, we, we packed up all of his shit, everything that he couldn't carry, we, we put outside for him so that he could come and get it. We changed the locks on the door. You know, we didn't want to have anything to do. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. 
Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do with them. When I spoke to Jacob, Autumn's ex, who she had her first child with, he did tell me he tried to warn Autumn of Tyler's past, but said it was unclear if the information stuck with her. One of Autumn's friends also told me that Tyler may have told his version of the story to Autumn about what had happened, but not the actual truth. While Autumn was reeling from everything she was learning, in the hospital, her second baby was fighting for its life. Autumn was doing everything she could to try and see her child and get as many updates from her sister and family as possible. She was also putting together a plan. She was determined and would do anything to get the baby back. She was distancing herself from Tyler and called off their wedding, which was supposed to be set for that September. Here's Janine, followed by Amy, her stepmother, and James, her father. Most of what we were talking about was just about the progress with the baby. A, a lot of what we were talking about at that time was the baby and what visiting was like and how that situation is and who's been keeping in touch with her and keeping her in the loop and just checking on her, making sure she was okay. And She was fine. She had a plan. I mean, she, she wasn't fine, fine, but, you know, she's about as fine as you could be in that situation. She, she was devastated, but she had a plan in action of what she was going to do next. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get them back because that was her world. They were her everything. She made phone calls. She made appointments. She had, she had an appointment with like a, <clears throat> a child development specialist and a, she had a, like a lie detector test appointment that she had made and she she had plans. She was going to do whatever she needs. I think she even scheduled like a baby CPR class, anything, anything that she could do. Yeah, she had called me that day because we spoke, well, every day. And she had called me that day and said that she had called uh, the Everett Police Department and set up her lie detector, lie detector test for the following Tuesday. So she was excited to get that done. Every phone call that she made was to family members or her attorney doing whatever it took at all costs to get back to her children. <clears throat> so she was focused and she was in mama bear mode. I'm going to um, get to my kids. As Autumn tried to sort through the chaos and devastation around her, she struggled to hide her anger and confusion about the situation. What happened in her grandparents' house when she went out for food? Who was the person she was supposed to marry? Why had she been lied to about his past? She started hinting to friends and family that she needed answers. Kimberly is one of the last people Autumn spoke to. 
she received a phone call from Autumn saying, I need answers. I need to know. Kimberly didn't make the connection at the time, but that's that's a pretty clear message. It's it's indirect without being direct. And Autumn was very not confrontational. She was very what's that word? Um passive aggressive. She was very passive aggressive. She was a people pleaser. She didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. She didn't want people to be upset with her. So it makes sense that if that's what she was doing, that she wouldn't tell me because I was a big sister. I was very protective. And I didn't I didn't hold back with her. I told her very blunt, straightforward answers about how I felt about things because Autumn was so sweet. Everyone was so nice. They sugarcoated things for her. And she kind of needed tough big sis sometimes. She didn't always like it, but sometimes, you know, I kind of had to be the the firm parental big sis, if that makes sense. And so it it makes sense that she wouldn't tell me because she cared a lot about how I thought and she knew that I would probably be disappointed, um, which just kills me, just kills me because she knew I loved her no matter what, but it's hard not to be upset, you know, that she wouldn't share that with me, but I get, I get why. It's like when you don't tell your parents things, you know? Um, but, and probably same thing with mom. She, she, she wouldn't want to disappoint anybody. She wouldn't want people to think differently of her because she still loved him. She did. She told me she did. I told her that was normal. I said, you're not going to just stop loving someone in one second, you know? And Tyler were about to get married. They had to cancel. She had to cancel their wedding, all their plans. She had a dress picked out. It was it was big. And she still loved him. She didn't know how to process that, and she didn't know. She also knew she wasn't supposed to be talking to him. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was a secret download. Don't tell anybody. According to conversations Autumn had with both family and friends, she planned to meet Tyler at a popular park called Green Lake in northern Seattle on Friday, August 30th, 2019. You know, I was one of the the last people family-wise to see her, you know, because she had, I knew that she was going to go to Green Lake that day. Um, At the time, I was working second shift at Boeing. Um, I'm still there, but now I'm on first shift. Um... But, um, so she came into my room, it was between nine and nine thirty in the morning. I don't remember exactly what time it was, but she had come in to basically give me hugs and, you know, and, and say goodbye and everything. And that was very normal for her. She was very upbeat and happy. She was in good spirits, you know, back in the day, you know, way back before, before all of this, this dramatizing, you know, um, stuff happened to her you know it was it was our family place myself and her and her sister Janine we used to go there you know probably honestly probably three or four times a year 
we would go there. That was like our family place to go because it was big. It was, you know, you could get good exercise, walk around, beautiful, very beautiful, you know. And, you know, and it was, we felt safe because it was always crowded with people. I never, ever felt uncomfortable there. I never felt, you know, uneasy or anything like that. So when she told me earlier that week that she wanted to go to Green Lake and kind of have some her time before she went and, you know, she was going to have a visit with her son. Because, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that you've read the story or you pretty much know, you know, so she didn't have um, the the kids. You know, Eli is her oldest son, and he was with, you know, with his dad, you know, because him not having proof that Tyler was no longer in the home, he wasn't going to have either, you know, like living with Autumn. So she had her visits with him. Boys were her life. They were everything to her, and she, she would never have taken her own life, you know, and... You know, besides that, I mean, it's like, like I said, she was in very high spirits that day. She was very happy. She was going to go and get a pedicure. You know, she was just going to have some her time. Now, in my heart of hearts, after talking to um, her coworker, Kim, um, I never actually, like, met her face-to-face. I've talked to her a couple times. She doesn't live around here. I forget where she lives. I want to say maybe Montana or something, but... um, they used to work together at the Nordstrom Cafe in Bellevue. And um, and she told me that Autumn had talked to her after she had left the house with me. And she said that that um, she, she told Kim that she was going to meet Tyler and that she was going to get some answers on what had happened to the baby. The very last person Autumn spoke to before going to Green Lake was her friend Kimberly. They had stayed in touch a little since Kimberly moved to Montana. One day, Kimberly saw a Facebook post from Autumn saying to pray for her family. She got a feeling that something was wrong. So, on Friday, August 30th, as she was getting ready for work, she phoned Autumn. I was getting ready for an event. I am a caterer, and I had about a half hour um, before I had to leave for my event, and I just decided to call her, and I was not expecting her to answer the phone. I was expecting to leave a voice message, and she actually answered. And um, we started talking, and I asked her what was going on, and <clears throat> she told me that some things had happened, and the baby had been injured. And she can tell me what happened, but she can't really say anything because there is an investigation going on so she can answer yes and no questions. So immediately, I start thinking the worst. Um, So, you know, immediately I start thinking, oh, my God, you know, something, he did something. He did something. Um, He being Tyler. And... She starts to tell me about what had happened to the baby and about his injuries and about how um, she, the baby had to go to the hospital and everything that happened at the hospital. And then she told me about how the police and CPS 
took them into a room and basically stripped her of her parental rights because Tyler had served time previously for injuring his firstborn child. And Autumn lost it because she was not aware that he was the one that did that to his firstborn child. And so basically all the dots started connecting for her. And as she's telling me this, I'm asking her questions, trying to figure out how this happened. You know, I asked her about her grandparents because I had never met them before. So I didn't know like if they maybe tripped with the baby or something. Like I had no idea really truly how this injury happened and I asked her I said this like was your grandpa holding him did he fall or something and that's when she went in to tell me the story about how she hadn't eaten all day she hadn't taken care of herself she was starving um Tyler was playing video games the baby was asleep in his swing fine healthy happy so Autumn left for like 15-20 minutes to go get food to nourish herself she's a brand new mom and you need to take care of yourself and she came back and her entire life was shattered and turned upside down in the matter of a fast food run um she walks in and sees the baby basically lifeless and non-responsive on her grandparents bed and they're trying to give him uh, CPR and from there, the paramedics showed up, and I remember her saying that they wouldn't let her ride in the ambulance, and she was really, really upset about that. That really upset her. And then, um, so she goes on to explain um, a little bit more about being told about Tyler's situation with his first child. And in doing that, I said to her, I said, Autumn, hold on a second. Was it him that did this to the baby? And she was silent for a moment and the tone in her voice, I will never, ever forget. She said, pretty much, yep. Just like, there's no other option. And he's already done it once. And I couldn't fathom what she was going through at that moment. And having to be the person to, you know, tell people this is what's going on, this is what's happening. You know, that she blamed herself for all of this that happened. And she blamed herself for all the pain that she she was causing her family, even though she wasn't. She was not the one that caused this. But she died thinking that and feeling that. And that is not... Like, that is not okay. That really, really, really makes me angry. So after we talked about the fact that she knew it was Tyler that did this, she told me about how, you know, they immediately called off the whip. He moved out of her grandparents' house. Um, they went no contact, even though there was one little bit of contact, but it was to update for the baby. But that was that was all she had been in contact with him for and all of a sudden she goes I have to tell you something and I can't tell anybody else and I can't tell my family because I've already upset them enough but I have to tell you and I was like okay she said 
I am going to get answers today. And she stressed the word today. I said, what do you mean? She said, I am going to get answers today. I need to know why he hurt our precious, perfect little baby. I need to know what made him act as such and and hurt our little baby. He was our baby. He's perfectly like he was perfect. What did what made him? She said, I have to know. I have to know right now. And she's like, so I'm going today. And I was like, oh, crap. And she promised me, I told her I was Autumn, I told her, I said, Autumn, please be careful. Like, just don't, maybe do it someplace public, like someplace where he can't make a scene. Let's, you know, just make sure it's someplace safe. And she promised me it was going to be someplace safe. And so she went and she had a pedicure. She didn't go, and she didn't have her pedicure. Um, she told her mom and she did tell me too, she was getting a pedicure and she was super excited about it because she was going to get an extra long massage. And, you know, another reason she like was feeling like she was going to go do all these things today and had that or that day and had that energy was because all of a sudden she, she felt like she, she was a warrior and she was going to go fight for her children and nothing was going to stop her. And so she was really excited to go after she confronted him to get that extra 20-minute massage on her feet. And she did mention that a couple of times during our conversation. But she never made it to get her toes done. And she met up with him at Green Lake instead. If you have any information about what happened to Autumn at Green Lake, you can contact the Seattle Police Department's Homicide Unit at 206-233-5000. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show appreciation, you can buy me a coffee at the link in the description. If you want to support the podcast on a monthly basis, you can head to the Patreon. For $5 a month, you get ad and sponsor-free episodes, exclusive content, and early access to all new episodes of the podcast. I'll also post monthly updates on what's to come so you know what I have the works and what to expect. For those of you who bought me a coffee or subscribed to Patreon in the last few weeks, thank you so much for the support. As we close out, I'm going to leave you with a clip from the next episode of this series. Thanks for listening to the Missing and Unexplained podcast. This case was fraught with just errors and just horrible police detective work. Uh, and it became very apparent. I ordered up the public records. Um, I told them that's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to get public records, and I got it. I got not all, but I got a lot of reports. I mean, and I just sat there for days pouring through, you know, police reports, narratives, officer reports, detective reports. Um, we got the ME involved. got the ME stuff. I got, you know, got the photos from the So we did a lot of, of legwork in the beginning. From that, I developed a timeline. From the timeline, we developed uh, questions. We developed inaccurate reporting from SPD. I mean, we just blew it up. Blew it up. I became a real bad thorn in SPD's side, not intentionally, but um, it just, the detective in charge just didn't do a good job. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.